Welcome to the third episode of Smashy Business Daily. Um, Dubai and Abu Dhabi are competing for tourists as Yas spends a million. Huda Katan signs with a talent agency, but why would she need one? Rising costs are a top concern for 58% of SMEs. And later on, we've got Justin McGuire of MCG Talent, and he's talking salaries, how to retain talent, and how to fire someone humanely. Listen to us on Apple and Rami and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, please do subscribe to Smashy TV and follow us on all our socials. Hi, Instagram. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Lovett. Hi, Richard. Uh, having you for, for a third day, you're going to be here with us all week, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Not ready to let go of Dubai Works. Richard is a No, and the cursing micromanager. that I'm in the yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I'm not really, but like, uh, no, it's good to be on the show. So how are you feeling today? All good? I'm feeling great. I haven't had my coffee yet, which no. is uh, not, not ideal, but... What's your normal coffee sort of routines? Uh, I have uh, about like two cappuccinos in the morning, like one after the other. Yeah. What about yourself? I gave up coffee. I was just looking at my annual thing. I gave up coffee in 2021. Wow. Yeah. I, I can't believe that. I'm actually shocked. Yeah, you know, my first experience of coffee was about 2005 when I was studying. And then I drank it every day, like two, three cups regularly, Americano or espressos for however many years that is, 16 years. And then I decided a couple of things. I decided that A, we're all addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's like interwoven in, in society and how we talk. We don't say, let's go for a meeting, let's go for a coffee. Yeah. Why? Of all the drinks, of all the substances, why do we say that? And also it's because glamorized. Because it sounds great, Richard. I'm not going to say, hey, let's go for a juice. It does sound good. <laughs> but why does it sound good? Why, how did, why has this perception, how has it happened? How has, how has the hustle walk in New York down the street with a cup of paper with a substance in it? How does that symbolize something? Why? And then also, it is, it is kind of addictive and it doesn't work with our bloods well. Like I did a little health thing before and I was kind of like, I'm going to test what I feel like without coffee and I feel much better. And you get naturally tired as well rather than, uh, it was hard though. It's a, it, it, Giving it properly up. hard to get off it. Yeah. And you know what? We could sit here and talk about why is why do we do this? Why do we do that? Or we can enjoy a cup of coffee. And you're totally entitled to, yeah. Like so I, wait, what, what do you drink in the morning to, to wake up? I have a green up? matcha tea in the morning. A matcha tea? Yeah. Oh, that is so zen. Without, um, without anything, just with water and powder. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. I will not be trying that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I will be sticking to coffee for now, even though I know it's not the healthiest thing. But yeah, um, but yeah anyway, without the coffee. So you normally have like a, a machine kind of bean... Uh, cappuccino and yesterday you had the paper cup kind of machine one yeah yeah it was machine I mean yeah yeah, it was not good but you know coffee is coffee I guess right and I I I do drink a lot of it throughout the day Uh, and then I have some Red Bull some energy drinks as well gosh I I I really need to be healthier you know now that I think about it no you don't you're fine Okay. Hashem says that she also drinks five cups of hot chocolate per day. Let's not judge, right? Like I'm just being annihilated this morning. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, um, everyone, everyone's different, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're just better than than not I better. am. Yeah, not better. Because <laughs> yeah. you have matcha in the morning. Um, <laughs> 
Gosh. What, what are we talking about? What's the first story? What we are talking about is um, Dubai and Abu Dhabi uh, are competing for tourists. Yeah. Uh, and Yes is spending a lot on advertising. We don't have the exact number, but mm. I was scrolling through Instagram. And uh, remember that uh, stay in it, yes, stay in yeah, it, yeah. yes. Remember that Both ad? Creative, yeah. They must have spent, according to my sources, uh, around or over a million uh, dirhams for that ad. Mm, probably more, yeah. Probably more. There's Wait, another... Well. Uh, what? In terms of like the production and then the distribution and then the ads on platforms, yeah, like the, these campaigns are big, I guess, aren't they? Yeah, I feel like you have a number that you don't no, want to I, share. No, you know, it, I used to work in media agencies and we would pitch for these accounts. Yeah. And uh, I don't think people fully understand like the marketing budgets of governments and tourism entities, but also of, you know, large corporate companies. You know, I remember. Uh, one of the biggest accounts that we would win every few years. Government procurement goes up for pitch every year, but generally a life cycle of a media brand, of a media agency with a brand might be four years, right? And Zane, the telco in every country in the region except the UAE, that was like 120, 150 million dollars right. spent annually. Like, um, I could go on, but like Nissan Infinity budgets are like 30, 40, 50 million dollars. In the UK, I used to work on Specsavers who had 700 stores across the UK and it was about 150 million dollar pitch, right? So what happens is you win the pitch and then you spend that money on media outlets like Love in Dubai and Smashy TV. But you spend <laughs> that money on billboards, on Facebook and everything like that. And then the media agency who do the strategy and the kind of metrics and behavior targeting and all that sort of stuff, reach and frequency, they take a cut. But that volume buy is changing and that whole model is changing. But totally, like when you look at the strategy of these cities, like Dubai is often talked about, that 20 million uh, tourism figure a year. Yeah. Saudi now have new numbers that are way bigger than that because they get the uh, they get a different type of tourism. And a lot is through uh, Medina, Mecca, and you know they get a lot of different type of tourists as well. Like. So the Saudi number is just exploding as well in tourists. Right, right. But I, mean, I guess that's why the competition between, you know, uh, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and then Saudi. And, and Qatar and Doha as well. Uh, yeah, sure. Qatar, yeah. My, my auntie, who used to come to Dubai for years, right, out of Ireland, would stay in, in one of the hotels on the Palm and loved it. With it. Like, they're quite elderly now. And um, she texted my mom recently. She says, I think I'm going to go to Qatar. Right. Mm. So like sitting in a, her consumption isn't isn't like, you know, she's not on social media and stuff. Right. She's in Dublin. She's yeah. retired. How did do, how does she then as a consumer come across that? Right. Is she looking at brochures and magazines? But somehow uh, she's now going to spend X to travel in Qatar airways out of Dublin into Qatar to stay a week in a nice hotel. Wow. Qatar is doing a great job advertising if they reached your aunt in right? Dublin, yeah. right? That yeah. just tells you how much they're really focused on. It goes to show. And it shows as well, like you mentioned that cool campaign as well, but like they did they did another thing on Yas Island where they had like the the chief entertainment officer or something like chief something officer. And they had um, that guy who used to be in Game of Thrones. The, what's his name? Momoa? What's his name? How do you yeah, Jason name? Momoa. This guy, yeah. yeah so yeah. they had him. And then I think, I don't know who was first or the other, but they replaced him with a new CEO or whatever, right. which was um, Kevin but, Hart. Exactly. But that's the thing, right? Uh, they, they're not just doing ads. They're not just spending ads. They want to do something cool. They're thinking, they're thinking outside of the box. Mm. And the new ad that I saw when I was scrolling Instagram today, it's this little girl dancing, you know, all around. Yes. Um, I just like that they're 
thinking outside the box. And I feel like if there is going to be competition, we might as well have fun competition. And uh, I, w- I just remembered this ad. It was between, uh, it was like, um, uh, have you ever watched Suits? Yeah. The show. Yeah. So they got Harvey Specter, the character, the guy. Uh, Gabriel something, I forgot his name, and uh, he was uh, all around downtown, he was having coffee in downtown, and while he's having his, uh, sipping his coffee, saying, uh, I love downtown, and then someone bumps into him and he spills his coffee, and then, you know, he's... <laughs> Gabriel something. Uh, Gabriel yeah. Macht, I think. It's something like that, yeah. And then he's, uh, you know, uh, walking around somewhere, and then he's like, I just love the crowd, you know, and then he can't hear anything, and he's obviously not loving the crowd. <laughs> then he goes in his car and he goes, but the one thing I love most about downtown is leaving downtown. Wow. Uh, and it was basically, you know, Dubai Holdings. Yeah. Uh, it was an ad for Dubai Holding, uh, and it was versus Imar. Yeah. But it was fun. Everyone was talking about it. It was cheeky. Amar, Amar, yeah. Amar, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Amar>, guys. <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah, you said that on the show yesterday. I'm just learning from you. No, that's so that's so interesting. You're so right. But like, it is an interesting point because when Saudi started their tourism stuff a few years ago. You know, the narrative out of the kingdom was like, hey, we're waking up. And I think Abu Dhabi tourism have always done a decent job. Even on their TikTok, they've got this format now where they use that voice thing. Yeah. And like their TikTok reels are really, really good. So, you know, shout out to everyone who works on this because I know it's not like, obviously the marketing team there are real good, but like there's so many, it shows the talent in the country, right? Like there's talent managers. I know the guys that, Hugh Management do a lot with uh, with DTC with Abu Dhabi tourism. So when the when the uh, basketball is on, they'll bring the uh, you know the singers and the actors from the region in there, and this puts things on the map. You know, absolutely. So it's it's, it's multifaceted now. Marketing like yeah, you, you need you need your creative agencies, you need your media buying agencies, you need your PR agencies, and marketing as well. Like I was down in Abu Dhabi yesterday with um, a global uh, global crypto company, right? right. And they have 2,000 employees in Dubai, but they basically, their global CMO is based in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. And it handles all of Asia, not Singapore, not Hong Kong, like they're in, they're in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And, you know, they're thinking of things in that way as well. And like, there's so, there's so many things that are happening there from a marketing point of view. There's a lot of talent and it's just super exciting. Like, look at Abu Dhabi. It sounds like we're on a Love and Abu Dhabi show, but look at Abu Dhabi, <laughs> what they're doing with Sadia, right? Like. Uh, you've got the Abraham buildings and you've got the uh, Louvre, uh, you've got the uh, the Guggenheim is opening. Like, th- there's just so many things that are happening there. It's really, uh, it's, it's competitive, but it has reason, rights to be so. Absolutely. And you know what? I love going to Abu Dhabi. My sister-in-law lives there. And... Uh, it's calm. You want to sometimes get away from the hustle and bustle of Dubai. Dubai can be calm too. We're out in production city. <laughs> I live in sports city. It's very calm and zen. Let's <laughs> not be critical. We love, we love Dubai. Yeah. Um, but sometimes going for a staycation in Abu Dhabi, you know, but, but that, is, that isn't never it hurt great? Anyone. Like you know, if you think of other parts of the world, right? Like Paris would always compete with London and etc. Right? Like yeah. and the US had different places. Or the south to, of France, you know. True. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like this. Tourism in Europe is always, it's healthy competition, so... It's healthy I think competition, this, yeah, and it, it makes you better, right? That's why Abu Dhabi is doing all this. That's why Saudi is now, you know, um, it's not that they want to be the next Dubai, but, you know, Dubai is and has always been an inspiration for everyone. Let's yeah. just say it how it is, right? And another thing as well that uh, when we talk about marketing, a term like in, when we're uh, allocating, when we're looking at the spends in the region and how much is spent, uh, a term that's used is export spend. So 
uh, imagine like Emirates are trying to get customers in other parts of the world, that spend would leave the region and it would go on to platforms elsewhere. And, uh, you know, I, I think what, what I'm trying to talk about really yeah. is that like, it's good if people, if there are media properties, and even if there are tech platforms and apps, like retail media is getting big now, and I can explain what that is another time, but like, I, I would like some of this spend to be in the region. That's where my business person had on. I would like us Absolutely. to, you know, have me like it, whether it's through influencers or whether it's through billboards, because the more that you invest in creative talents and campaigns, uh, the more people want to be in the region, more people want to work from here. And uh, yeah, just it's, it's circular. It's a, I mean, let's talk about influence a little bit. Um, Huda Beauty was founded by Huda Qatan. Uh, American. Uh, they have 54 million followers on Instagram. Mm. Huda herself has 4 million. Mm. Uh, she just signed with uh, Hugh Management, talent yeah. agency, which you just mentioned earlier on. But why would someone like Huda need uh, a talent agency? And yesterday we were talking about whether companies have a responsibility or not to uh, make political statements when there are injustices or call it whatever you want to call it. Um, Huda herself has been very outspoken. Uh, she's been very um, supportive of the Palestinians, uh, of the Gaza cause. She's lost some supporters. She's had a lot of hate online uh, globally. There was uh, an article in the Daily Mail saying she's receiving a lot of backlash. But has, uh, you know, does Huda Beauty, does Huda Khatan need Hugh Management because her business got affected by what she said? Or has she received so much support from the region? and from you know Palestinians, Arabs, Muslims abroad, that she now needs help managing her? Has she become even more famous? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I like how you position it, but uh, I would give a very blunt, straight answer is that she doesn't need human management to change the perception from that backlash uh, at all. I think uh, you know people at a certain level, we talked about this with Starbucks yesterday, if people, people will get more uh, support globally. She's on the right side of history. Everyone knows that. Yeah. The ones who don't are just a bit slow to catch up. And uh, she's on the right side of history. And you know, brands that are strong enough to speak like that, like Nike and cause related stuff in the US in the past, like I think what she stood up for uh, and how she's done it in her natural, authenticated way and how she said, this is more important to me than business. I think. She, with doing that without a crisis management or a PR or whatever, doing that from her heart, it just shows that she probably doesn't need someone to manage her reputation. What she, what she probably needs is the recognition that she's getting so big, right? Like at, at CES in, in Vegas, I, I mentioned Abu Dhabi and Kevin Hart. There was a lady on his team that's managing his trips here, right? He's doing a comedy gig in Dubai in, in a few months, I'm not sure exactly, maybe March. Yeah. And he's also doing performing at the F1 in Bahrain, right? So, but he has a, 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 a company behind his entertainment. People will know the name, it's something, I can't think of the top of my head. And But this is showing how personalities are having different arms. Huda will need to decide, and Huda Beauty and, and Mona, the team will need to decide what do they do in-house. They have HB Investments, they have, they have all these products, right? And if you're getting expertise, like Hadi and uh, Sally who run uh, Hugh Management know this game inside out. So it's just adding to the strength of the bow of going, okay, well, what, what do we want to do? Does Huda want to... Uh, go into uh, singing, I don't know, maybe not, but does she want to yeah. go into acting? Because if you think way back, like I think five years ago, 
uh, Meta budget from the US paid for Huda to do a, a Kardashian style show. Right, Huda uh, Boss, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it called? Huda Boss. Huda I think, Boss, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was it was when Facebook were pushing pushing the watch section. They wanted uh, their show. They wanted it to be a destination like Netflix, and they had some budget, so they worked with Huda to do that. And like that's the type of thing that. A company like Q Management are others, and there's a lot of the good ones. That's what they would do for you, and for you to have in-house production for your own 54 million followers is one thing. But at the end of the day, that's a consumer retail uh, product. You know. You know what? It's 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 better for them than it is for her, really. Uh, if you look at it, though, uh, right? Because 54 million. I mean. She just grew organically, right? Sure, yeah, definitely they're going to help her. But if you look at the video of her, you know, um, signing the agreement and the um, the welcome that she had when she entered the office, I mean, they've got some big names, but she's by far the biggest name. So congrats to to Hugh Management. That's that's a big win for them, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, okay. Lastly, um, costs are rising for all of us, uh, Rich, including yourself, but <laughs> SMEs, inflation, <laughs> right? Inflation. Yeah. Um, but SMEs may be feeling them the most. Uh, there's new research by the Association of Chartered Certified Accountants uh, revealing that rising costs are a top concern for 58% of SMEs, followed by talent management, retaining talent. We just spoke about a competition earlier on how difficult is it to retain talent right now? In, in the UAE, in Saudi, there's Qatar as well. Um, so rising costs and talent uh, management um, are big issues for SMEs right now. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you know, there's corporate taxes just come in to the UAE. Where there's also additional costs around emeralization and things like that. Uh, you know, it's not easy to run a business. Not easy. We've just finished our 24 business planning and our forecasts and everything like that. And there is. There are expenses involved in all businesses, and what you what you want to hope for is that the economy in, is growing at the same pace as inflation. Uh, you know, there's other factors. There's consumer price index, and there's other things. I think the you know, if we look at you know, we're at the end of January, and this is exactly four years since the first fear of the pandemic was coming in, and you know, inflation rose a lot since the pandemic. Like global supply chain was affected, and there's many things. Interest rates were low; now they're really high. Like there's many kind of macro themes that sort of evolved. I think you know, SMEs are always going to have costs, right? Like, but what you really want is, am I practicing in a in an area? Do I have a business that there's a demand for it? And is the economy in the in the country that I'm in or in the place that I'm in also growing? Like what you know, in Egypt, inflation's growing, but the economy isn't as robust. So there you have a problem on Turkey. But yeah. in in uh, in UAE and in Saudi, there is inflation, but it's not at the same level as the US, right? Like where you know, give or take two, three, four percent, whereas US is higher, Egypt's much higher. Uh, so and the economies are growing at the same pace as well. So sure. while while there are pressures on costs, but I never play victim on this stuff. Like you know, uh, you, you don't you, you don't want to say, hey, uh, Dubai's too expensive. Uh, Dubai's too expensive. They need to sort out this thing about retaining talent. I remember speaking to someone who owned a business once, and they're like, I have to pay all these things, and I'm kind of like, you actually don't. Right. It's a choice. Yeah. Like if you look at the labor law, 
like the, there is no annual ticket in the labor law, right? Like, you know, you don't have to pay these things. And then they say, well, how do you retain staff? The simple best way to retain staff is to provide a welcoming environment and to have a successful business, right? Like if you're a football team and you're winning and you're top of the league, then you're making money and you can pay them more. Like if, if, you're, if you're a successful cafe, if you're the best restaurant in town, you won't have a problem with chefs wanting to work for you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you focus on your company and your environment, and then if you treat people as humans and with respect, and if you pay them what you can afford within the market, I think this is an important point as well, Lubna, you know, and I know you've got a guest coming up after this show who've just released the salary survey. Exactly. But my problem with the salary surveys is that like, you know, the market dictates, but the market shouldn't dictate, you should dictate. And strong companies internationally, whether it's consultancy firms and things like that, they have they have their remuneration policies and they understand. You know, uh, we've just done our, our annual increments to people, right? And some people will say, have wrote back in emails and they've been like, hey, this, this, and this. And I'm kind of, I'm like, cool. Like, uh, you know, everyone got an increment, everyone got a bonus. Uh, you know, really fortunate to be able to do that. We've done well last year. But also, um, it's like saying, hey, the market standard is this, right? I want this. Then... Imagine if I went back to them, imagine I owned a cafe, right? And someone said to me, the average uh, revenue for a cafe in Dubai is $2 million a year. Yeah. And I made half a million dollars, right? And I went around to the licensing people who gave me the license and said, I didn't make enough. Right. I should have made $2 million last year, give me the rest. And they go, sell the coffee, Rich. Like, exactly. that's what they would say to me. They wouldn't, yeah. like, I, I can't go back and I'd go, no, 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 I don't. It's not about selling the coffee. The market makes two million. Give me my two million, please. Absolutely. That's not how things work. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so there's my view on it. <laughs> no, you know what? I completely agree with you, actually. Uh, and I have been reading this book called Nobody's Victim. Now, it's about something else, but <laughs> I do agree about not being uh, anybody's victim, including the market's victim, right? Because you make your own rules. Um, that's and, what. That's and you what decide business... how, to, how to deal with things, right? You have to do that as as a business person. True. Sorry, but that's that's why business can be good. Like that's why I believe business is a net good, right? Like it. It's not business as business as justification for and justifies means or you do negative shit. No, like business can be good, you know, and like people have to own their own choices and own their own decisions. And it's the same. I could play victim. I could say, hey, AI is coming. Hey, media is this, media is that. No, we don't. You know, we try and create yeah. value. We try and hire the best people and talent. You know, we have a, a view on how we do things. And if we can't create something that the market is willing to reward us in a certain way, then then someone else will. Hey, you know what? I think it's it's pretty fair here in Dubai. I think you get your fair shot. A lot of people come here, make their dreams come true. There are so many things that you can do here that you would never be able to do back home. Mm. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. And you know what? We I have Justin McGuire, who is our guest. Uh, please stay tuned for that interview. He's the CEO of MCG Talent, has some really good advice on, um, agrees with you, Richard, actually, has some great advice. Um, and uh, also tells you how to properly fire people. <laughs> kind of a different topic, but you know, a lot of companies, especially in the tech industry, are laying off people. Uh, so we talk about that with Justin and more. Did, Stay tuned. Stay tuned, but this, let's, could we just talk about that last yeah. point? Yeah, sure. Did you see that viral video in the US for the girl who has been let go on a Zoom call? Yes. Cloudfair? Yes. I, what was her name? But, but I forgot her she, name. But it's I quite a memorable video, video right? Yeah. So she yeah. puts her phone like that. <laughs> And like the whole premise, it's on TikTok. And it went massively viral. Yeah. And it was kind of like, 
some people, I've just been, I've given nine minutes notice and some people have jumped on the call. And like Cloudflare is one of those SaaS companies, they're not in the region, but they, they hire a lot of people. Yeah. But it was so impersonal. It was like two people I've never spoken to are on a video call and legally they probably, they need to fire her for performance reasons, not for redundancy reasons. Probably they need to, they can pay her less and they didn't know the performance reasons. And she was kind of like, can you give me a reason? And they're like, no, we can't. And then she's like, can we, can you, and then she's like, we'll, we'll do it later. And they're like, and she's like, no, like you're not going to do it later because after I hang up, I'm gone. <laughs> so yeah. like, tell me now, why am I fired? Exactly. And she gets she gets upset about it. But um, Good on her though, also for totally. doing that because a lot of people would be afraid to do that, right? They would be. And I heard another podcast talking about this and one guy said, hey, I wouldn't hire her because she's recording. I don't want someone like that in the company. Another guy was like, "No, like, like she's." You right. would hire her, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, you know, I I respect people who put their case forward and who do the right thing, right? Like, it's not a case of like, you should stand up for yourself, right? Like, you should. Sure, the company needs to reward you and needs to recognize. But as someone who wants to progress, then you, you know you need to be your own champion as well. Yeah, and you I, need to I defend agree. yourself in in a situation like that. She's dead right to push back. Yeah, they, what what they did was unjust. Like there was a satirical moment in Succession in the last season, where where there's like twenty heads on a Zoom call, <laughs> and like the two guys are kind of like. He put mute, so they just shut up. He's like, you're all gone, bye. <laughs> you know, like, oh, and he just gosh. kind of walked out of the room, like, you know, he just fired like 30 people. Wow. You know? Yeah. And the so chat's cinematic. But Imagine it, it, that. It, it is, re- <laughs> it is like, um, it is, it, it's bad. Like, it's bad how, how people fire people. So it'll be interested to hear Justin's approach. I think it's just about courtesy, just having a little bit of humanity, you know? It's a, it's a tough world out there. We can be a little kinder to, yeah, to each other, I think. Exactly. All right. um, okay, super. Thanks, guys. And yeah, stay tuned. Okay, we've got someone uh, with us today who... Uh, it's kind of relatively famous, though, from your last name. Show me the money. Show me the money. Justin <laughs> McGuire, help me help you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's no relation to Jerry, but um, no uh, relation unfortunately, to Tom, Tom Cruise or Jerry Maguire. No, no, no. Was, uh, I, I've checked on the family trees, but so far, no, no relation. Is I'm that afraid. why your company is called MCG Talents? Yeah, very creative, isn't it? Um, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. That that it's um, it's basically when I started, I needed to get a quick name and put MCG up, but regretted it when I looked at the SEO because you may or may not know but there's a very famous stadium called the mcg stadium so i'm always in a battle against that which is oh, quite no. annoying can you yeah. not like hijack their traffic or I'm something trying. i'm trying i probably shouldn't say that on, yeah. on air but, um, <laughs> do you know someone uh you know I'll, I'll let you know later yeah i, I know some russians uh, in town. Uh, anyway <laughs> so uh welcome justin mcguire the co-founder of mcg talent uh which was set up in 2008 you've been here a while Yes. Well, actually, no, I've been here since 2008. The business um, really sort of started trading officially in 2010. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we could have gotten away with that, but I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I like that. Right. It's all right. <laughs> okay. So uh, you guys are an agency uh, specializing in marketing, communications, creative and digital recruitment um, across MENA and APAC regions. Um, tell me, uh, Justin, am I getting a pay rise this year or are salaries flat in the UAE? You've mm. just done a salary survey. Good question. Um, I think if you're in the UAE, 
Um, now you have to split that between two different cities. In the UAE, in Dubai, competition is absolutely fierce. So getting a, a salary rise this year, I think, is going to be a bit tricky. There just seems to be a steady inflow of talent coming through from all corners of the world. So Dubai is hyper competitive right now. Abu Dhabi, on the other hand, seems to be that we're seeing some rises. We're seeing demand, but getting people to do that sort of one-hour trip from Dubai is, is proving quite taxing. Um, and in Saudi, um, that's that's where that's where the big pay rises are coming right now. If you're a Saudi national, well, you know, you, some of them are writing their own checks, uh, yeah. and even expats are getting a good bump to get in there. But are you seeing people kind of, you know, people willing to move to Abu Dhabi for higher salaries, willing to move to Saudi for higher salaries? Because I mean, the traffic in Dubai nowadays is also, the congestion is is increasing isn't it yeah it's increasing but i think that's more of an annoyance for people that have lived in dubai for a while yeah. so i think those that are used to sort of breezing around um and you know 20 minutes from everywhere are, are slightly inconvenienced now but still it's better than most cities i mean i've lived in asia you want to try driving around bangkok or other other cities around there it's uh, it's it's chaotic right. so dubai is actually not too bad in comparison Abu Dhabi, I think it depends what level the roles are. I'm finding that a lot of the Abu Dhabi work that we do is quite quite at the senior end. Mm -hmm. And at that level, people seem to be quite open to moving. Um, but and and it, they're even open to moving to Saudi now from Dubai because I think people at some at some levels are finding it very hard to land a job. So they're open to all options. Right. Okay, interesting. Gosh. Um what about benefits? Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, we talked about the, the cushy tech job uh, mm. a couple of days ago. That's gone. Uh, a lot of the jobs in, in tech are being taken over uh, by AI, uh, which is ironic uh, and, and pretty sad. Um, but people want more benefits. People want flexible working. How is it in terms of that right now? Well, we're doing an EVP study right now. So you'll have to um, uh, check out my profile and I'll, and I'll feed out more information on that in the coming weeks. But long story short, there's an increased demand for flexibility. I think that's quite obvious. The world now expects and wants flexibility in a hybrid working environment. And, and the Middle East is certainly not immune to that. So we've got to um, in our report, we're going to release exactly what people are looking for, but the highlight is flexibility is high on demand. Also, the thing to think about with Dubai is a lot of salaries back in the day used to come with schooling, used to come with family medical, family visas, business class flights, etc. What we're seeing over time is an er erosion of those benefits. Um, so obviously medical is mandatory, but you need to check to see whether your family will get medical now. Schooling is a real rarity and even return flights. They're never really a business class or very few a business class. Most often it's economy and most often it's for the individual rather than the family. So keep a lookout for that report and I'll tell you more. What is a red flag? We talk about red flags in relationships. What's a red flag? when it comes to um, the lack of benefits in a job, for example, or, or you know, in recruitment in general, when someone is, is, is looking to get hired? Well, I think if someone's um, questioning medical as an employer when it's mandatory, that's a big red flag. I think everything else, you know, it's, it, as, as long as you've got a good steady pay and the pay is in line with what the market is paying, then really you can only expect as, as, as mandatory now medical. I think flights is, is, is a nice benefit to, benefit to have. Bonuses, they seem, it depends what industry you work in. Some, if the, if the business is doing well, if it's quite a commercially driven business, you tend to find that there's a bonus um, that's hiked into it. If it's an agency, typically that's discretionary and normally it's a, that's a very small bonus that's given on top. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. And then, so what about flexible working for moms, like working moms? Are yeah. there any trends that you foresee? I know that the study is not out yet, but mm. are we going to see more flexible um, working, yeah. you know, for moms or more benefits or just, you know, for women's empowerment in general? Is, yeah. is there a light at the end of the tunnel for well, us? Well, you may not know this, but I, uh, this is a, a subject I know incredibly well. I, I, with my wife, I set up the first women's career platform in the Middle East in 2015. Really? So at that time, there was not, there, were, there really wasn't any engagement, any way for women to get back into work. So we set up a platform, we had 80,000 women registered on it, and we helped them get flexible jobs. At the time, we had huge demand, uh, loads of candidates, loads of talent that wanted to get back into work and very little employers who were actually willing to hire them. I'm pleased to say that that trend seems to have changed quite a bit. There's still a long way to go in, in the Middle East. And the yeah. visa, current visa situations are making that a lot more, a lot easier. So you've got golden visas, you've got obviously spousal visas now. So it's a lot easier to step back, step back into work from a flexible perspective. And this thing called COVID massively disrupted the way people work. So obviously employers now are open to have people having time on their business, but not necessarily be in the office. And all these things are a positive sign for flexible work and for women returning to work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of recruitment companies uh, lay off staff. Uh, mm. We just saw Bezat uh, mm. lay off staff um, uh, last year, I believe. Uh, we just put out an exclusive story about that uh, a couple of days ago on Smashy Business. Um, and then there are other companies that we're looking into right now. Um, there are companies not paying their staff, just letting them go, uh, not paying them, owing them months worth of salaries. Um, How's it going with you, first of all? <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm pleased to say we've had roots in this part of the world, you know, in the Middle East for a long time, right? So um, I've also um, had a business that's gone through the good, the bad, and the ugly. So at the moment, everything seems to be the market's in quite good condition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've I set up my business on the back of a recession, um, came here when, you know, cars were getting dumped at the airport. So I've seen the low periods and also had the business through a period when the oil price crashed from like $120 to $20 and the knock on effect on that. So we've, you know, I think when you, when you're a business that's been here for some time, ridden a few waves, you, you know how to scale, manage and run your P and L. So you don't have to do mass layoffs. So we keep a, a very good, good sized team here, not too big, not too small. And, and, and I'm pleased to say all our, the jobs for our staff are very safe. Um, and, and the same in Asia, by the way, if you work for us in Asia and listen to this, everything's fine. Um, but what I would say in, for Bayzat, for example, some of these other businesses, they are, um, I think, They've used to people coming into the market. There's a lot of people that come into the market, haven't and, and spent and not really done their due diligence, not understood, not researched. So there's a lot of people that fly into this market and then leave. Okay. And, and I think Bayzat's a business that relies on SMEs. And perhaps those SMEs weren't paying their bills, weren't able to sustain business. And that's a knock on effect to that. I, I've always said to our staff, our competitors change every two years mm-hmm. because people come into the market like recruitments because the barriers to entry are so low you'll find that there's loads of recruiter recruitment companies that pop up everywhere and when i say companies they're one man shows or one lady shows from you know from bedrooms etc and they don't really tend to stick around or they just fizzle out they wither on the vine so um that always happens that's the nature of the beast out here and i think because dubai's made it so easy for businesses to set up here now you get lots that get quite excited set up on the back of one client that client stops feeding them and as a result they collapse. I mean, what advice do you have for these kinds of companies and, and startups like Bezat? I do think they had a, 
uh, you know, good intentions, obviously, mm. but then it just ended badly. Yeah, I think businesses like Base, a lot of startups are finding the venture capital market very, very, very hard to, to, to get money out of right now. And of course, that's that's a big issue for any business that's, that's relying on founder investment. Mm-hmm. So and I think until that ecosystem starts to improve, that's when we're going to see companies like Bayzat, you know, settle or find get a lifeline. Um, I was part recently part of an exit of a technology business that you know really had a had a big struggle trying to fundraise. Had a fantastic product, product big struggle trying to fundraise, and then uh, obviously, an, uh, fortunately, an, uh, an investor and an acquirer came along that really saw the value in that tech and was prepared to pay a really good price for it. But that's quite rare. A lot of businesses. You know, particularly those that started on the back of COVID, and if they're in the fundraising space, they were really quite reliant on investor money to keep going. And everyone kind of naively thought it would come, thought it would keep coming. So that the way their businesses were structured was not in line for the funding to be taken away. And that's why you've got people exiting the market now. But maybe that's the problem, right? Is that they uh, they use up too much of, of investor money and they rely too much on that instead of like, for example, you know, when um, I think when Kareem first uh, launched, they had like offices in Media City. And mm. I remember at the time uh, speaking to Faham Al-Khasimi um, and, you know, he was like, why? Why are all these companies overvalued, uh, you know, uh, overvalued? Um, and why do they have offices in Media City? Like if you're a startup, how can you even afford uh, an office there? Do you really need an office there? Yeah. Yeah, I think what we're seeing now is a correction. We're seeing uh, startups and businesses focusing on profit rather than sheer growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in this, I saw this happen again because, uh, as you've alluded to earlier, I've been around for a while. For a while. <laughs> I saw this happen, uh, you know, when the dot-com boom and bust happened as well, right? Exactly the same thing. You had businesses that launched for the sake of launching but didn't really have much of a model behind them that was actually focused on, on, on making money. And I, I saw a lot of that in this, within the rapid rise and growth of the startup scene. And now profitability is going to be key for those businesses. And you're probably going to see fewer businesses pop up up or survive but you're going to see businesses that are really stable and they're going to bring return really true investor value yeah absolutely have you watched the movie uh george clooney up in the air um is that, is that the one where he travels around as yes, a salesman firing yes i have people, yes basically yes, that's his yes, job yes. flying yes. around firing people yes yes um obviously he does it in a way that's a bit um uh inhumane i would say correct you know? uh thanks for doing a you know, uh, a good job, uh, you know, good luck with your life, etc. Yeah. Um, we've also seen companies, uh, you know, just tell people like um, we covered um, the the marketing company called, called Expose Media, mm. uh, founded by the CEOs of uh, Forefront and Candy Pants. And they just said to their staff, you know, uh, um, you know, that's it. Uh, you're not getting uh, three months, uh, you know, uh, unpaid salary. Um, goodbye and good luck. Uh you know, no apology, no nothing. Yeah. Any advice on how you can manage that uh, in a better way, perhaps? I think you just have to treat people with respect and treat them as humans. You know, it, it, I think one of the, the worst things that you heard from the tech layoffs last year was the inhumane people, that, the way people were laid off. Literally, they'd turn up to their offices, put their key card in, and it would say declined. And that was the heads up they got 
from not being uh, not being in their job anymore. You also heard about uh, other companies when they opened up their laptops and they were locked out their systems, and that's the first time they found out. I, I as a, as a boss and as a leader of a business, I don't think you can ever not over communicate. You've got to, even if it's good news or bad news, you've got to you've got to share that with your team because the worst thing that can happen is people can find out through Chinese whispers, and that creates all sorts of wrong stories. Obviously, in somewhere like Dubai, which really is a village. That becomes that company gets a very toxic rec reputation, and if they want to try and get through that hurdle and hire again, that's going to be a big struggle for them to get the right people. So, from an employer branding perspective as well, it's a nightmare. So, I think you need to, if you're going to make redundancies, go and meet the person, have the decency to speak to them face to face, present them with a package that's going to be respectable to them, and take it from there. And at least you can hold your head up high and know that you did best by them. Or maybe get George Clooney to do it. I think that would make it a lot easier. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. That might cost you a bit of money, though. True, true. Good point. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So in terms of MCG talent, yes. uh, what are your plans? Expansion plans? How is the business going? Yeah. Um, so so this year's um, we've just done our, all our, um, obviously, forecasting for the year. So Middle East, we're still continuing to see growth. Um, we've opened up a business in Saudi. I'm there tomorrow. So um, we're going to see growth coming out of Saudi. And I think the US, if you look at the world right now, the, what, the rest of the world's painting quite a miserable, tough picture. I think yeah. you know the oil-producing countries in the GCC are, are, are sort of bucking that trend. So we're seeing growth still coming out in the Middle East. Um, I, I have a business in Hong Kong and Singapore as well. We're, we're seeing things quite flat there, to be honest with you, until we really know what's going on with China, until we know uh, how that, when that economy is going to get the, its wheels back in motion, because China really is the driving force in Asia. So we're predicting quite flat there and growth coming out of the Middle East. Um, what we've done as a, as, a, as a growth mechanism is we've actually offshored quite a lot of our business into Sri Lanka, mm -hmm. which works really well from a cost perspective. So um, Sri Lanka for us sits in an hour and a half um, time zone from the Middle East and also um, a two-hour time zone difference from the Hong Kong and Singapore. So we can, we can run a lot of our delivery, we can run our operations and some of our marketing from there, which is great. Um, so that's how we've grown. We're keeping a pretty steady team here. I'm probably not going to grow it too much, but um, my goal this year is to is to drive the profit, profit, profitability of the business. I, I haven't had a drink, <laughs> and, um, uh, and and get that one moving and make sure that the the wheels that we were running are really really slick. Yeah, cool, good. Do you do any consulting? I feel like I've I've gotten a lot of uh, yeah, great, great, yeah, great advice. Well, you know, funny you it. should say that. I think after all the many years I've been working, don't say anything. Then I will actually uh, be doing consulting. And how many years have you been? Uh, I don't think we need to say that now. It's a couple of very good decades. <laughs> um, thank you, Justin. It's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Um, no, I keep a lookout for our EVP report when that comes out. And of course, if you want to download our salary survey, just go to my LinkedIn profile as well. Yeah. Okay, super. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is a Smashy Business production, part of Augustus Media Podcast Network. Tune in for free on all socials or subscribe on Smashy TV to get access to all shows and audio podcasts.